1: Is it, like, is it okay if uh, is it okay if I go off the uh, is it okay if I go off the program for a minute? Is it, is it okay? It might it might extend the service by a minute or two. Is that are you okay? Uh, are you guys Gustavo and Brenda? Are you okay with me going off script? Come on up then. They didn't know this was coming. I know this is coming. I, I can't let it go. I can't let it go, though. This is really important to me for a second. So, here's what you need to know. Come on over here. Go get closer to me. <laughs> Come on, get closer. It's okay. All right. So yesterday at Advent Health East, there was a very, very special ceremony that affirmed God's calling on Gustavo's life to be a Seventh-day Adventist pastor and specifically to be a chaplain. And so that we there was, it was, sometimes they happen to churches, but Gustavo did the right thing and had it where he does ministry. But I cannot let it go without his church family affirming that Gustavo has been called by God to serve him full-time. Amen. And don't doubt for a minute, ministry costs more than the person doing it. It costs the whole family. And so, Brenda, you two have been called. You two have been called. And never, but I'll tell you what, you have the right to say no, by the way. Don't forget that. The church doesn't pay your salary, okay? So you have the right to say no. And don't ever forget that, family. Pastors' spouses have the right to have their own life. Okay, so what we want, I wanna do is just have a special prayer for both of you and just thank God for the two of you. Dear Lord, it, is, it was so obvious to me yesterday hearing all the people sharing how Gustavo has made a difference in their life and how Brenda has made a difference in their life, that your calling is on him. Lord, we're not doing anything special. Nothing special happened from human being's side of things yesterday or today. We're just affirming what you're already doing, the calling that you've already put on Gustavo. You haven't made him better than anybody else. You've simply called him to a special ministry. Lord, may you bless him wherever he goes in his life. Bless all the patients that he encounters. Bless all the staff that he encounters. Bless the families. Lord, May he be a blessing in your kingdom, and may Brenda be a blessing in the area that you have called her to as well. Thank you, Lord, that you have put your calling on each of our lives, and today we affirm the calling that you have put on Gustavo's life. We pray in your name. Amen. Love you, man. Proud of you. We okay? Okay. All right, back on plan. We be okay. <laughs> just thought I was like we were members here. Um, you embarrassed. you Didn't tell me this was coming up. So anyway, no. Um, yeah. So it's so important to recognize these moments in our church life, and uh, just like I said, super proud of you. It just it really filled my heart to hear the people talking about you yesterday. So we are doing a series called "Come and See." come and see. And so this series, why I'm doing this is because at Christmas time, can I just tell you, for me as a pastor, a preaching pastor, one of the things that is my least favorite seasons is Christmas, because every year I have to figure out, no, you can judge me all you want, Anderlene, I don't care. (laughs) Um, When you start preaching for 15 years and you have to come up with a new Christmas series every, se- every Christmas that tells the same story, yeah. you see what I'm saying? It's not that I don't love the story, it's just like, well, how do you tell it again in a way that doesn't seem like, you know, well, I've heard that before, right? So I'm going to invite you for the next four weeks to come and see whether we can repackage it in a way that's new and fresh, okay? Okay. Um, But uh, we're going to be doing a four-part series. It's come and see what God can do, come and see what God will do, come and see what God has done, and finally, come and see what God wants you to do. And why I'm doing this is because I believe that Jesus' first advent is important for many reasons, but one of those reasons is because we believe Jesus is coming back again soon, well, I believe that Jesus is coming back. Some of you are a little less dubious, apparently, because it was pretty quiet when I said that. Some of you are like, well, not too soon, right? Because I remember, I was 16, I remember like, Jesus, just wait until I'm married, wait till I have kids, you know, those kind of things. So I get it, but I'm really excited. The longer you go, the more you can't wait for Jesus to come back, right? Especially when you go through some pain and suffering, right? And so the thing of it is is this, is that Jesus' first advent gives us the opportunity to learn some lessons to be ready for Jesus' second advent. And so what I really want us to ponder is, what, did, what could, can God do based on what we see in the first step, Jesus' birth, what can God do now and as we are preparing for Jesus to come back soon? Same thing with what will, will God do? So as we go through this series, the question I want you to think about is what lesson can I take from Jesus' birth and apply right now in my life to being prepared for Jesus when he comes back again? Now, let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever been invited to come and see? Yeah, almost everybody has. What's the coolest thing you've been invited to come and see? Oh, you got it in your head right now. I'm not gonna say that the thing I'm about to share with you is the coolest thing because that would hurt my children's feelings because I was there when they were born. <laughs> but I got invited to come and see a B-2 stealth bomber. And here's 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 the backstory on it. I was a reporter on the island of Guam, I covered the military as a reporter. And this was the, actually the only time I have actually reported uh, internationally. I, I got on CNN for the report that I did about B-2 stealth bombers. I don't have time to tell you that whole story right now. Um, but the point is, I covered them coming to the island, and a day or two later, I got a phone call um, from the public affairs officer at Anderson Air Force Base. And she said, Ken, how would you like to come sit in the cockpit of a B-2 stealth bomber? And I said, is it going to take off? She said, quit asking for so much. Just take what I'm, I'm inviting you to come and see this up close and personal. Are you in? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She goes, okay, but you cannot bring any video cameras, cameras or anything else. This is actually just for you. You're welcome to bring your wife with you, but we don't want you reporting on it. We just are giving you this opportunity because of the relationship that you have. And she said, by the way, there are not very many people who can say they have been in the cockpit of a B-2 stealth bomber. There's many Air Force people who work with B-2 stealth bombers who aren't allowed. Because in order for you to sit in the cockpit of a B-2 stealth bomber, they actually have to completely power down the plane." Because the there is technology on board that they, they can't have you seen if the plane is powered up So we got there We had an escort and I saw this big s- circle that had been painted ar- in the hangar around the B 2 self-bomber and There were armed people all ar- around this circle and my escort said Don't run ahead. They said because Until you are invited into the circle, that is known as the circle of death. Anything that gets on the uh, inside of that that hasn't been invited is terminated. (laughs) I said, well, you tell me and I'll let you go first. (laughs) Um, it It was so cool. It was one of the coolest things that I had the opportunity to do as a reporter to come and see this B2 stealth bomber. Um... I'll give you one little fact that I don't think is classified, and if I'm not here next Sabbath, you'll know what happened. Um, But uh, this is kind of fun. The plane is over a billion dollars, over a billion dollars. It's actually designed to be a platform that can stay in the air for long periods of time. 36 to 48-hour missions are, are not unheard of, okay? And so it's designed to stay up in the air a long time. And the, uh, the pilots that were on board told me, they said, for a billion dollars, you would have thought that whoever designed this thing would have put a bathroom in it that wasn't a 12-hour chemical bathroom. So they said, we wait as long as we possibly can, because when you're up for 36 hours, the bathroom starts stinking after 12 hours really bad. And uh, anyway, so that was one of the little fun facts. So there you go. Um, if you want to know more about it, find me afterwards. I can tell you more. But... The point is, when you're invited to come and see something, you come and see it, especially when it's something super cool, right? Super cool. So tell me this. Who was invited to come and see Jesus when Jesus was born and who actually took the invitation and actually took him up on it? So this is going to be an interactive sermon. You're going to talk to me. All right. You're going you're to talk to me. So tell me. I want you to tell me someone, a person or persons, who were invited to come and see the baby Jesus who actually went and saw the baby Jesus. The shepherds. Wow, that is exactly the same, same order. First service said shepherds first too. Shepherds must be the most popular. Who invited the shepherds to come and see? The angels. The angels, the angels did invite the shepherds to come and see. You can see in Luke chapter two where that passage talks about can you just imagine for a minute being a shepherd? Minding your own business, doing your own thing, you don't know. And all of a sudden, boom, the angel shows up and then the heavenly choirs are there. And the Bible tells us that the, 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 the shepherds were terrified. And have you ever been totally scared out of your mind? Somebody said, don't be afraid. <laughs> But hey, the shepherds got over it and they took the invitation. They went and saw what they had been invited to go and see. So good for them. Who else? Wise men, men, the magi. Yeah, absolutely. So the wise men were invited to come and see. And who invited them? The star, right? The Bible tells us that they tell, when they get to Jerusalem, they're looking a little bit more in depth for Jesus. They report that they saw a star, they followed the star. Now, those are some theological circles surmise that they probably had the Jewish scriptures that they've been studying. There's a scripture that says that a star will arise, and they probably had been paying attention, and this is what they did. But can we just take a moment to say something? These people were astrologers, right? they they were they were not good christian people you know what i'm saying they, they they would be something else you know they would be hindu or muslim or zoroastrian or and these these are the people that invite and they and they also showed up who else they came and saw. You have to tell me somebody who actually came and actually came and saw. They were invited and they came and saw. The I said a person. A person that came. <laughs> Instructions are important. Come on now. Thank you. Joseph was invited to come and see. Absolutely. He was there, right? Joseph did. Absolutely. How did he find out? dreamer angel yeah so by the way can we just take a minute for poor joseph yeah we can say poor joseph say poor joseph for a second yeah you got to give this guy let, let me just ask you your fiance says to you hey i'm pregnant i know we haven't had sex yet but don't worry it's the holy spirit's baby When we put it in the terms like that today, there's not a person in here that would believe their fiance. Not a person. And it's, it's kind of funny that we've sanitized this story to the point that we don't think about how Joseph might have felt in that circumstance. We just kind of take it for granted. Of course it was the baby Jesus. Of course it was God. How obtuse is he that he doesn't just get with it right away? Come on, guys. Give the man a break. That's, that's crazy, and I give this guy kind of all kinds of credit because an angel does not show up to him. He has a dream that an angel is in, and he actually takes it seriously and believes and becomes an amazing father to Jesus. That's awesome. He came and saw. He didn't have to. He could have run. Who else? Mary. Yes! I heard somebody over there say Mary. Mary, absolutely. Absolutely. She was maybe the one that got the biggest invitation, right? How was she invited? Angel Angel, Gabriel, not just any angel, like Gabriel, the archangel shows up, invites her, and uh, can we just take a moment for her too? Can you imagine an angel showing up and saying, "Hey, I know you're engaged, and your fiance is probably, but don't, are you willing to do it?" And Mary says yes. She says yes to the invitation. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, yes, Mary invited. Come see. Who else? I think, well, that's, that's about it, right? No, no, if there's, there's... Who else? Who, what? You got, you got to shout it out. That actually came and saw. What? Anna. Anna thank you. Oh, yeah. You got, some of you are saying, who is Anna. I have not heard of this person. She, unfortunately, Anna doesn't get talked about enough at Christmas time. But this is, this is another person that was absolutely invited and showed up. So let's talk about who Anna is. Anna is a prophetess that is in the temple when Jesus is being brought in to be dedicated. And she sees this commotion that's happening. And she goes over and starts praising God for this Baby, that's gonna be the savior of the world. Now, if you're cheating, you're gonna see that there's another name that Anna saw Simeon. So let's talk about Simeon for a second. Simeon is another person who is invited that you might not have heard with. He was a priest in the temple and God had promised Simeon through the Holy Spirit that he would see the, the Messiah before he died. And so Simeon, I mean, can you just imagine like, Here's the thing. I can imagine God saying, Ken, I promise you there is this important person that's going to show up in your church. I'm not going to tell you when, but they're going to show up. And every week goes by and you wait and you wonder and you think. But can you imagine the day when, when Jesus shows up and the Holy Spirit says, Is that that little poor couple over there with that little baby? That's them. And Simeon, puts all of his preconceived ideas on the shelf. All his ideas of this rich, conquering king, he puts them up on the shelf and he goes over and he worships that little baby that doesn't seem like they could possibly be the king of the world. Isn't that incredible? Come and see. These are people that all took God up on the invitation to come and see there's other people. There's Elizabeth. You remember Elizabeth? Zachariah. If you don't know that story, look it up. This homework, look it up. Luke chapter 1, you can look that one up. What about Zechariah? Look that story up too. An angel appeared to him. There you go. So, these are all people that were invited. But let me ask you a question. Well, I'm not this one you can just think in your head not yet. Yeah. Were there other people that were invited? that didn't show up? Well, there are some that are in the biblical record and there's some that probably aren't. But some of the people that I think about that were invited to show up were the priests and rulers. After all, the Magi did show up, right? Magi showed up in town and the priests were asked, hey, was there supposed to be a Messiah? And if there was, where is he gonna be born? They knew the answer, Bethlehem of Judea. You can look that up, Matthew 2. They were invited, but they didn't show up because maybe a little bit like me, maybe they're a little bit too proud to think that they weren't the first on the invitation list. Or maybe they felt like, well, I mean, I've seen the star, but there, there are always stars and comets and things like, I don't know, I mean, Why didn't they show up? That's something you can think about a little bit. Uh, Another group of people that didn't show up, what what about all the people in Bethlehem and around the Bethlehem area? I mean, the shepherds go out and the Bible tells us that they went and told everybody and people were amazed. But apparently people didn't really particularly show up. Didn't really show up. Why didn't they? Well, probably a little bit like you and me. Maybe they're like fake news. I mean, there's always a new, there's always a, a new Messiah. We're coming around the corners, always the blah, 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 you know. Yeah, I'm sure you guys did see uh, an angel and the angel of the Lord up on that hill where you guys, what were you, what were you smoking? You know, what, we know what shepherds are like. We know what shepherds are like, right? Because I'm not even trying to be funny right now. That's, that's what people would have said. Those shepherds that, you know them, they're not good for much. They're, they're kind of, they're, they shepherds aren't trustworthy. They're not. And so they, so they just said, you know, no, we're not going to do it. Then there's a third person that was invited. His name was Herod, he's the uh, ruler of that area. Now, Herod kind of wanted to show up. <laughs> well, he didn't want to personally show up. He just sent his soldiers to show up. But you know what? Next week, we're actually gonna talk about Herod very specifically in what God will do. So look forward to next week when it comes to that. So family, what are you thinking as you see all these people who are invited? If you're like me, what do you want God to do? You want the miraculous, right? When I think about what God can do, I think about miracles being performed, right? I think, I think about, you know, this big miracle that God's going to do. You know, Psalm 66, five says, come and see what our God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for people. And so I'm thinking, you know, for me, I want the miraculous. I want that angel showing up. But what if God's speaking to us just as loudly through the shepherds that come through, through the magi that come through. You know, a couple um, a couple months ago on our podcast, um, in the podcast, I, I sometimes will use illustrations, things that I w- wouldn't put in a sermon because in this particular case, I put in, I told a story that I'd heard a million times in a million different ser- sermons. Some of you are gonna like, as soon as I start, you'll, you'll be like, yeah, I remember that, I've heard that one a million times. I never put it in a sermon, but I, put it, I was talking in the podcast, something came up, triggered my memory, and I just said, oh, that reminds me of this story. And it's the story, if, you, if you've heard about the guy who's in a house that's beginning to flood and his neighbor comes driving by in the Jeep. And as the church, and I get ahead of myself, the guy starts praying, he says, dear God, please save me from this flooding house. His neighbor comes driving by and says, hey man, you need a ride out of here? And he said, no, I've prayed and I know God's gonna save me. So a little time goes by, the water's now up, you know, about an inch onto his, you know, maybe a foot up on the floor in his house. And a boat comes floating by. And the guy in the boat goes, hey man, you want me to take you to safety? And the guy's like, no man, I prayed God will save me. Some more time goes by. Now the guy's seen on the roof because the water's all the way up to the roof line. A helicopter comes flying by. And the guy says, the, the helicopter lowers a rope and says, hey man, you want us to take you to safety? The guy's like, no, I've prayed and I know God is going to save me. Well, the guy drowns. And he shows up in heaven. If you're Adventist, you know when he showed up in heaven, right? Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, you know. If you don't know, come talk to me later. Um, and he says, he complains to the guy. He said, man, I prayed and prayed and prayed that you would save me. And you didn't, you didn't save me. And God says to him, I sent you a truck, I sent you a boat, I sent you a helicopter, what were you waiting for? But that guy, like a lot of us, is waiting for the miraculous. You know, I bring up that story because after that podcast, I got a phone call from one of our podcast listeners, and she told me, and she, by the way, gave me permission to share this with you. It's important that you know. I don't tell stories unless I'm giving permission, okay? So I am they absolutely gave me. I've changed a little details so the person isn't um, recognizable. But she told me um, that, and this is a throwaway story that I'm sharing in the podcast. It's like just you know, I didn't really think it would make any difference. And they said, you know, that story you shared completely changed how I feel about God. I said, okay, tell me more. She said, well. Um, my mother passed away, and I've been really angry about it, um, about the way God allowed it to happen, because she said, my father has not been a good husband to my mother. In fact, he was just not a good husband at all. And I, as a child, endured all of that, begged my mother to do something about it, but she never would. And when she was diagnosed with this terrible, debilitating terminal disease, um, I watched my father not take care of her. I watched her die in agony. My father wouldn't allow people who cared about her to be there. In fact, my father wouldn't let me be there with her. And he, and my father did not take good care of my mother as she was passing away. And I was I've been so angry at God for allowing my mother, who is a godly person, who I know loves God, and tries to serve. I've been so angry that God didn't do something to allow her to have a more dignified passing. And so this listener said, so when you told that story, it just hit me between the eyes. My aunts and uncles have shared with me that when my mom was dating my dad and started talking about getting married, they told her, this man is not gonna be good to you. You really need to think hard about that. Think hard, don't, this man's not gonna be good to you. But she said, No. I trust Jesus and I believe this is what I want to need to do. And in the marriage, friends, pastors told her, Hey, you need to draw some boundaries. You need to, you need to be able to say no. You need to, you need to say this is the way things need to be. But she said no. And when the debilitating, when she was diagnosed with a debilitating disease, friends and family, including her, daughter said to her, you really need to think about having a different person be your primary caregiver. You need to legally make a change so that you're well taken care of. But she said, no, I trust God. And the podcast listener said to me, she said, you know, it just hit me. God hadn't given up on my mom. My mom had just chosen not to take the good advice. She wanted the miraculous. She wanted God to wave His almighty hand and change my dad to take away my dad's free will and make him be a good man instead of just taking the advice that God was passing along. Family, might I suggest God can do anything, but some of us don't like the way He's doing it. Some of us want that angel from heaven, we want lights and smoke and mirrors when God has just said, here it is. So the question I have for you is, do you believe that God can do anything? And if you do, are you limiting the way that he can do it? Are you requiring a miracle when he's done something simple that's maybe not fun or easy, but is what God Needs you to accept from him. Family, come and see not just the miraculous, but come and see what God can do. Well, took your voice away, didn't it? It, it?
2: I'm going to need a moment. Yeah. And, um, Thank you, musicians. And Atara, I want you to know that half the congregation was fighting the urge to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, What a wonderful time of worship. It, you know, as you were preaching this sermon, Ken, thank you so much for this sermon, but it occurred to me... Um, and I think it was a fundamental part of the point you were trying to make, that the shepherds and the wise men and all of these people, they had extraordinary announcements, but the thing that they came and saw by all appearances was extremely ordinary. Yeah. And in fact, the, the, the greatest miraculous thing in the entire story would have been completely missed as the ordinary. Yeah. And um, it really helps me to think about my inability to distinguish the ordinary from the miraculous. So thank you for that. Well, we do have some questions, a a number of very good questions. Um, I like this probably need to just do one
1: because we are, because I. Oh, we got
2: all the time in the world, Ken. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 (laughs) Maybe just. I only heard two amens. so, So maybe, maybe a minute. Okay. The Bible says that in the end there will be false Christs and we will be told, come and see. How do we know whether we are coming to see what God wants us to see? Such a great question, such a great question.
1: Um, Because that's why it's so important to right now be developing the ability to hear and know God's voice when God speaks to you right now. If you wait till Jesus is almost here, if you are just trying to learn to hear Jesus' voice speak at the last minute, it's like any other relationship. When you first have a friendship and they call you up on the phone, it takes a minute to be sure if that's them or not, right? You're like, well, is this uh, so-and-so? I know we have caller IDs, so we know right away, right? But you, you understand my point. For those of you especially live back in the day when there were landlines, you know what I'm talking about? And But the thing about it is is that I I think no matter how bad the connection is, when my children or my wife calls, I know who's on the phone. I know it because I spend so much time with them, so much time speaking with them. And this is what I want to talk about next Sabbath. So this is actually a very nice segue into next Sabbath. There's a lot of people who are really afraid about the Antichrist and being deceived. And next week, we are in the story of Herod. We are going to see that God will protect us if We are listening to his voice, but it's something we have to develop. And you need to, right now, in every decision of life, be saying, God, what do you want me to do? You're gonna make some mistakes. You'll be like, no, 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 that's not God. And then later you go, oh yeah, that, that was definitely God. But it's through those mistakes that you really actually learn. If I hadn't made some of the mistakes I have made, I don't know if I would know God's voice in the same way that I do now. And God trusts me enough and loves me enough that his grace is sufficient for me. So touched on it briefly now, touch on it during the sermon next week. And, uh, and if you want to hear the other great questions I know that came into uh, here, we do this on the podcast and we love it when you tune into the podcast.
2: Okay. So that was our one tune into the podcast. All of your questions that you send in will be answered. And just as a quick tease for one, what if we show up late to the manger? Ooh, we
1: only know if you uh, show up on time to the podcast. That's a great thing. The podcast sticks around. Ooh, maybe there's a metaphor in there. All right. Anyway. All right, family, I love you, and I just want to remind you that next week we're going to do Come and See What God Will Do, Um, but really exciting. Music next week. You want to hear what we're doing next week? Dickens Carolers. If you haven't been here before, you don't know what I'm talking about, this is really fun because we sing Christmas carols, a cappella, and... It is a group of people who dress up in like 1800s winter clothing in Florida. It's fabulous, so make sure that you're here for that. You won't want to miss it. They're going to be doing the music in both first and second service, but they will also be singing in the lobby in between services. So you might you can come and get pictures with them and take and you know video them. It's going to be great. Also, don't forget if you have friends, neighbors enemies, honestly, invite them to, if they have children, bring them, tell them to come for the miracle of Jesus, even if they don't have children, just invite them anyway. But here's the thing, if you invite them, I think you'll turn your enemies into friends. Because they'll come here and they'll be like, thank you so much for bringing me here. So Miracle of Jesus, great program, especially for our kids. It's gonna be happening right over here on the promenade. We call this the promenade area over on this side of our church. And that'll be happening next Sabbath. You can see all the information, 10.30 to noon. You don't wanna miss it. And that is what's happening next week. Worth coming back for? I'll see a few of you then. That's all right. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this time together as a family. We pray that you'd bless us. We pray that we wouldn't leave your presence, but we would extend your presence into the community that we live in, that we work in, that we play in. We thank you for being a God that goes everywhere with us. Pray these things in your name, amen. I love you, family. Go love your world.
0: Hi, this is Randy McGray podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website